really got to try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, great interviews, and so much more, all about the world of rugby union. I am your host, David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan who follows the game wherever I can find it, all over the globe. If you'd like to get in touch, I would love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter at of Scrum. I'm on Instagram at the Scrum of the Earth podcast, and you can always drop me an email at scrumoftheearth at gmail.com. So if you're a regular listener, You'll be the opposite of surprised to learn. This is, of course, not our weekly uh, episode, but yet another, yet another bonus pod. In this case, in aid of previewing the second season of the URC, we are again joined by uh, uh, we are again joined by a couple of my brothers from other mothers, the gruesome twos themselves, John and Craig from the Scottish Rugby Podcast. John, let's start with you. Have you jumped in any lakes or hiked any hills lately? Uh, yes, actually, last weekend. <laughs> Last weekend I was I was splashing about. I was down. Uh, I went camping uh, by my Todd, which was quite good fun, and went for a splash about in the water, which was nice. Uh, no hills though, but I did walk six miles um, accidentally because I went a wee wander and then kind of got <laughs> lost. And you know, before I know it, my poor wee legs were quite sore. And Craig, the man who, when he says his workday sucked, means it re- went really well. How the heck are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing just fine, thank you very much. I've got a, you know, um, obviously due to the time difference, I've got a drink in my hand, so I'm quite a happy guy today. (laughs) So this time around, guys, I have a very special present for you. I've taken the poetry segment out of the quiz and the quiz segment out completely, Uh, but I've combined them into a new bit that I'm calling Gonna No Do That, which involves me not subjecting to either of you to either of those things. (laughs) Craig, after your own contribution to Poetry Corner last time, I've been looking, you know, trying to find something apropos in reply, some sort of limerick about people from Nantucket, but I'm not even sure if that joke makes sense where you are. <laughs> it sounds like it's in the, uh, in the, in the worldwide, um, um, what's the word? Um, lexicon. Lexicon of foul language which uh, we understand in many a place yeah absolutely (laughs) so i have a new surprise for you here john when the docudrama about the scottish rugby podcast comes out straight to video obviously who is going to play you (laughs) i'm going to keep talking for a bit just to give you a chance to think about it especially to make things fair uh craig don't start thinking about it until john has answered okay okay Uh, so yeah i mean it's it, it, it's a tough one, obviously. There's a lot of really handsome guys out there that could deliver right. what I deliver. You know, it, it'd be tough for them. Uh, I just think your looks alone and on pure, like, just because, I mean, obviously, I, I'm the face of, you know, I'm the face and the talent, really, for the podcast. I want to you know, obviously. It, it's, I, I, I throw in the, you know, bring the sex appeal. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Sta- Stanley Tucci might be my uh, my go to. Uh, I think he'd, he'd <laughs> definitely suit me. I, I had an idea about Brian Cranston as Heisenberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that could work. That could work. Craig, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, 
Well, so, I've got in my head is so far away from from that completely, and I'm thinking, actually, <laughs> actually John Stanley teaches a good shout. <laughs> nice. No, I, do you know? I, 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 We're I've here to learn things think, about ourselves. You think about this for a long time, Craig. <laughs> here's here's me going with Gerard Butler, thinking I'm just going. <laughs> just. <laughs> Whatever Scottish actor you think of. Exactly, that's it. It's just like straight in there, Gerard Butler. Actually, no, actually, you could go down the route of um, Russell Crowe in his fat period. Hey. That would be quite good. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Craig, you obviously had no time to think about it. Is that who you're going with? Uh... I'll go, I'm going to go with Russell Crowe. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I was, gonna say, I was going to go with like that. Jack Black on a completely different life tra- trajectory. Okay. <laughs> I, funnily enough, if you ever think of uh, high fidelity, um, and then just imagine someone coming into, into my showroom and asking for a Hoover, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're buying onto the Jack Black whole thing of just get out, go away. <laughs> so, 27 is my lucky number, and that's how many days we have until the second season of the United Rugby Championship. Still still kind of a crap name, by the way, but it's yeah. going to be kicking off in 27 days. Question for either of you or both of you, are you excited? Well, uh, you go, Craig. No, no, please, if, you, if you're all right. Well, no, go no. for it, John, come on. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not terribly excited. <laughs> so the answer for both of you is no. <laughs> Do you know, no, it's it's still at that period. I think obviously we're just coming into the pre-season uh, friendlies sort of time, and I think it's it's really difficult, particularly when you've had a summer tour. You see players kind of coming back into the club and kind of drips and drabs, and and not everyone, well, you know, not everyone's kind of up to speed yet. So it's really difficult to kind of get excited about those opening first few games, um, particularly when you've kind of got you know we've had a lot of people on our side of the woods and I think there's yeah we've got quite a tough start to the season so it could, could be quite difficult um be great to get rugby back again of course but uh yeah I think be after the pre-season friendlies I'll probably get a wee bit more excited fair uh, that's the thing mind you you've got uh you've got a, a threadbare Worcester Warriors squad coming up to you um if they're going to ever make it um, up in, and they're actually going up to Inverness as well, which is. Uh, I actually put a bid in on them on eBay just earlier. <laughs> <laughs> was was that under the thirty? Yeah, 30 I, I, said under 30, so yeah, I got the yeah, email yeah. and I was like, "Hey, why not?" I've never seen so many Edinburgh rugby fans foaming at the mouth with pure delight, thinking that they're going to get Duhan and Ray and Duhan's like, back. Ah. <laughs> and we've got no room for him. We've got we've got pretty good wingers as we stand, you know. Be oh, he might pop his wee head up at Glasgow Warriors. Never know. Oh, we do need it. We need some more back three, actually. Quite right, nice. Well, there you go. So, um, but yeah, um, somebody should write a book about that guy when all all said and done. He's had a he's had a strange uh, journey. <laughs> yes, yes, he has. I think I think that one of the one of the more interesting um, parts was. Uh, when they're um, if you if you watch uh, the British and Irish Lions um, documentary that's just come out, um, and they've got interviews with um, with his mum and dad and his and 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 all that, and then they constantly talk. You know, they, they, I remember when we were watching the British Irish Lions and they've got the lineup for the the, um, the South African national anthem, and he's standing there, and it's just like, what does he do? 
yeah. you know, and it's just a me. It's quite, it's quite interesting to see what he does. So, no, uh, he's, he is a really interesting character, and I, I, uh, I'd like to know more about him and and, and hear more about him. But well, uh, he can always yeah. fall back on his handsomeness, <coughs> you know, when all said and done. And I think he'll probably be okay for a club down south as well. I would presume he'll yeah. probably find gainful employment somewhere. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm calling this the Quick Six. I recently invented this when I met uh, Bruce Aitchison uh, from Happiness is Egg-Shaped. I don't know if you guys heard that. What a great, funny guy he is. It was, it was a really great, uh, uh, really, like really good podcast. Yeah, it was great. It was great to uh, listen to. What a guy. So it, basically, it's just six questions at random. So as I said, not a quiz, just a sort of off-the-cuff responses. For instance, question the first. Do you think the URSA will gain momentum this year, either in popularity and or financially? Uh, Craig, we're going to start with you. What do you think? Um, yes, I think it will. Um, I think we're going to, you're going to, well, is that all you need to know? Or you want to know a little bit of method behind the madness? Ooh, I want to know that method. Um, I think uh, we're going to see a resurgent Glasgow Warriors. Um, I think hey. um, I think Edinburgh Rugby are going to, See how you guys get get along when I get you together. It's so strange, like just yeah, instantly. No, well, you're, you're best I'm just saying that up so that uh, John can be his grumpy self and go. Oh, he's going to try and uh, he's going to try. I get it. I get it. Try and be the underdog for a little while. Um, I think Edinburgh are going to get into their stride and actually um, push for top three. Um, but also, I think we're now we've now we now know where we stand with um, with the South African teams. Mm. Um, and I think we're going to get that, you know, the way that South Africa currently are pushing hard um, in the rugby championship. Um, and I think that's all going to have a knock on effect. And I think we'll actually you'll probably see a little bit more money coming into the into the game, hopefully. Um, and I, I, yeah, I'm I'm I'm. Uh, uh, I'm the Ying for John Zhang. I'm the happy guy about the URC, and I'll just pass over to my yeah, uh, pessimistic John. friend. Yeah. Same question, John. And will there be a Jay Z sighting this year? <laughs> no, they're because it's all a bit nonsense, really, isn't it? Uh, I'm sorry to not disappoint uh, everyone, but yes, I will indeed be <laughs> pessimistic about this. Uh, yeah, no, do you know what? I think I think the rumblings towards the end of the season about the the product itself and the, the idea, you know, the South Africa trips, the the way the players kind of, you know, the, the clash with international windows. You know the claim that there wouldn't be any any crossover that there was. I know there was extenuating circumstances there. There hopefully won't be any of that this year. I just don't see how it works that you're never going to generate that momentum when you've got you know a twelve to fourteen hour plane journey that costs a couple of thousand pounds to go and follow your team in South Africa and vice versa. Um. I, I just won't see how that works. And I get that it's the same time zone. That's brilliant. And I get that, you know, if it was internationals and you're talking about people, people, you know, South Africa joining the Six Nations, perhaps, let's, you know, I can see the validity in that. I just can't see how you generate momentum in uh, in this, this tournament with that massive £800 gorilla sitting in the room. So yeah, everyone talks about, oh, well, the time zone is pretty much the same. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a yeah, freaking yeah, but, you're, but you're going 14 hours south. Yeah. <laughs> is it really the same time, Dev? Is it really when you're, when you're having to travel for half a day to get there? Um, it's really not, is it? Well, question the second is going to force you to say something positive. So, John, oh. what are you most looking forward to in the URC this season? Uh, Ollie Smith. Oh, 
Well done. Uh, Did the skip a beat there. Resurgent Hugh Jones uh, tearing it up. That's that's all I've got for you. That's okay. Everything, everything, everything else. Was <laughs> so, Craig, <laughs> Craig, you've seemed very confident about Edinburgh's chances this year. So, I'm going to restrict your response to things not associated with your own team. What are you otherwise most excited about for this, you know, sophomore season of the URC? Um, I think it'll be interesting to see um, how the teams get on knowing that Leinster are beatable. Ooh, um, I like because, this. Because about, if you asked me that question two years ago, it would be doom and gloom. It would be just, yeah, we're just going to see Leinster win it again. Leinster are just going to win it again. Leinster are just going to win it again. It, 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 that's the way it is. And and uh, I think the South African teams and also um, uh, our Munster friend down in uh, La Rochelle um, has really shown that, um, that Leinster have a game plan that can be broken. Mm. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see. Um, however, um, the when you think about Ireland um, as a playing country, as in uh, the Irish team, um, they are looking mm. unstoppable. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see if Leinster just, you know, how Leinster deal with it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the most interesting parts. It's just be interesting to see who the sort of the top three top four teams are going to be because there are so many choices there that could that could come in and be, and be the top three top four team so totally shifting gears question the third starting with the craig man which urc team has the best stadium keep in mind if you say the, the goddamn health stadium john is going to have ample opportunity to you know call it a porch or a tent or whatever he wants to so you know tread carefully there I'm going to stay out of the way. Um, no, uh, let me think. I, I do have to say, um, now, I think it's the Sharks, the Celsius Sharks that have their their um, stadium that has uh, not only two pools at the side of the stadium, but they also have a, a water slide. Oh. Um, so, um, is it the Celsius Sharks? It's the one that Ox plays for, Ox Niche. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Or Niche. 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 Um, yeah. Um, so uh, I think you know that's a great stadium uh, for for back you know for the hairs on the back of your neck standing up on end. Um, Ulster is quite something mm. as well. Um, the Kingspan is just uh, a wonderful. Sorry, I'm taking away from John's answers probably. Uh, but, uh, well, anyway, well, well John, opinion. same question. And of course, if you say the goddamn health stadium, Craig will probably get in his car and just not stop until he's running down flatter than an armadillo on a Texas highway. So it's fine. I think I'll probably see Craig on Tuesday, so he, he can attempt <laughs> attempt that uh, <laughs> that injury inducing running over at that point. No, so uh, I'm going to go quite quite niche here at the sports grounds. Uh, Connacht is yes. always amazing. Yes. Uh, the seagulls great. trying to fly and they can't. Yeah, yeah. just uh, <laughs> uh, to, to try and explain to anyone who has, like, uh, if you describe Scottish weather, obviously the sports are being, being an island, but if you describe Scottish weather to people from not from this country, they tend to think of what the sports ground yeah, yeah. actually is. It's horizontal <laughs> rain, um, you know, number of times you've seen kicks that have went forward and then went behind the kicker. Yeah. Uh, just amazing stuff uh, I, I do I'll, wonder so what do you think like if you play there and the, it's your home ground do you get better at it do you get used to it yeah, or is yeah, it just you like you're, you're, or you're just F no matter what they have leathery skin 
<laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I well, I've heard they develop, develop gills. gills. Yeah. Hey, there we go. Wow. And the, th the thing is, it's, it's the sort of place that uh, we would say, I think it was uh, Billy Conley, we used to say, if you take your jacket off the wrong way, you'll end up in Norway. I say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. That was the, other, the other one, honourable yeah. mention, though, for, for Zebra. Oh. Uh, the, the, the studio Sergio Van Frankie. Lan Frankie, let's call it that. Um, brilliant, just this tiny little 5,000 stadium. And uh, I believe that was one that had hedges beside it for a while, which was quite oh, good. Nice. Do like a hedge. Um, Tommy Seymour ran through the hedge uh, after it, scoring against So the, the, the first two rounds of the NBC this year, Taranaki is playing in this, in this like park sort of resort in New Zealand. So like the, the rugby pitch is, is like carved out of this gorgeous sort of jungle nice. oh my gosh it's incredible the seats are wood and sort of being just sort of in the side of these hedges like oh and like they're, they're of course their team sites like don't worry we'll be back at the stadium in no time and i'm like no look at that <laughs> stay there stay there so gorgeous okay so we're gonna pause a minute for halftime here okay we're back so we're, we're playing sevens here so uh, question the fourth, John. John, you're up. Who's going to be the Edinburgh MVP this year? And yes, I know I'm wrong-footing you here. That's the whole idea. Uh, so I, I think um, it thoroughly depends on uh, style of play Edinburgh continue to go. I think for mm. Edinburgh, I think where Kinghorn could be the MVP. I think he's, hey. he's absolutely crucial to what they're doing. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't believe that was a that. great. That was a great I'm feeling. So generous. <laughs> I'm feeling so chilled and relaxed. I'm not grumpy. It's all good. Uh, yeah, working on would be, be very important for me. Craig, uh, same question. Dis agree or disagree with John there? Um, I think uh, actually, I think um, Blair is 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 part of Mike Blair's. Um, Edinburgh DNA now. He's it's the way he's going to play. So yes, he will be important. But I think <clears throat> I think where where we are going to it's going to be interesting is going to be Ben Moncaster. Um and also uh it'll be interesting to see what Wes Goosen can do. Yes. Um, you know, he's going to be a really interesting, you know, because this is the first real purchase of Mike Blair. So, you know, this is the first guy he's brought in. Okay, he brought in Buffelli, and, and, but I don't know if that was him or whether they were coming. Well, they were searching his super rugby tapes for defensive uh, plays and couldn't find any. So it's weird. But... <laughs> well, we've got Buffelli to mop up behind him at the hit 15, so we'll see how we get along. Do um, love a turnstile back three. I love it. Fabio. Well, it's, he's, coming from, he's, he's coming from the... He's coming from the... <laughs> This, he's coming for Super Rugby, where defence is optional, so it's fine. Um, but it's yeah. an exciting brand of rugby, though. It's, it's a lot certainly of fun. Is. Certainly is. So, Craig, question the fifth. Who will be Glasgow's MVP this year? Um, well, I can hear Johnny McGinty from our podcast screaming Hugh Jones in the background, probably. But uh, um, I, I think he's that. I think this is going to be the making or the, or the, the end of Hugh Jones. Um, but I think um, for me, um, and this is a hope rather than an, an, uh, something I expect to happen, but George Horn. Um, I think he's, ah, I really think that I like Frank, it. yeah, that would, mean, it, that would mean a really exciting brand of rugby. That sounds, <clears throat> that sounds good. 
and and Franco Smith is known for that. And and although <laughs> he's uh, funnily enough the other person that could could be um, really exciting and Franco Smith might invest a huge amount of time and effort into is another uh, nine in Glasgow and that is uh, Jamie Doby because uh, Franco is known for bringing through the youngsters. Um, so and, and and it sounds really daft because if anyone has seen or met George Horn, you would think he's about 12, but he's 26. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> not in attitude, not in attitude, he's just in stature. But, um, nice. but yeah. Okay, John, question the sixth. Who ends this season with a better record, Glasgow or Edinburgh? Uh, how much faith, by the way, do you have in your new coach? So I feel like that was a pretty good hire. I've been reading a lot of good stuff about him, but on the other hand, he's not exactly sort of used to, you know, winning, right? So, yeah, yeah. And, and and to be fair, so it's one of those ones, isn't it? I think uh, Gregor Townsend certainly wasn't used to winning either when he became Glasgow head coach and mm. not, not suggesting for a minute that Franco Smith would... Uh, will will be as successful as Townsend was with Glasgow. I, th- I think so. I think it, it's a really pragmatic signing, um, given where we're at in the hiring window. I think he is the right signing for Glasgow in a lot of ways because there's a lot of really good young players at Glasgow, and having someone who will invest time in that, make sure yeah. they're getting getting game time. The problem you've got it is feels like every time they lost last year, you heard people saying, "Why are they losing with this roster?" Like the the roster is great; everyone seems to know that. But it's a good team. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've done it to death. My my theories about last season and beyond. But um, I think you know, having a guy that's going to nurture youth players, and as Craig says, you know, guys like Jamie Dobby, who is currently out in New Zealand, uh, doing a doing a placement out in New Zealand for the summer and we'll be back for the start of the URC. So you can already see wheels in motion for making sure that guys are getting game time, getting lots of exposure to different types of rugby. Um, I think Frank Smith will be really good for that. Um, ultimately, though, the problem you've got is it will be a rebuild. It will be a rebuild and you can't, you know, it was, you know, 1995-96 when uh, the famous Alan Hansen in football, uh, soccer for your listeners, sorry, uh, on the first day of the season said you, you don't win anything with kids uh, when referencing uh, Sir Alex Ferguson's sure. uh, youth development Manchester United and obviously he was proven wrong that season but actually in the most part you don't win anything with kids you win hmm. with a really balanced squad and I think the problem you've got with Glasgow is you've almost got that lots of decent young players with no experience I don't oh. know lots of, lots of really experienced people perhaps who are just you know a couple of seasons over the hill and that hmm. middle ground of player is just not really there. Interesting. Um, so we'll see how the balance works anyway. But huh. I think Smith Smith could do well. I mean, yeah. Can, can a coach, you know, somehow bring those two things together? Do you think yeah. is, the, is this a good hire for that purpose? I think that's why he's there. Yeah, I think that's what we've sold it on, and and it does play an exciting brand of rugby. So you know, actually, I think it's a results business. But even if Glasgow are not getting the results, if it's decent rugby they're playing that'll help things for him next season and that'll give a lot of faith back to the crowd. To answer your actual question, I think Edinburgh will finish above Glasgow next year. Oh. Um, I think I think they will. I think they're just a year further into the project. They're, they're a wee bit more settled. They've certainly got their... They know their DNA. They know what they're trying to do under Blair. Um, Glasgow, complete unknown with, with Smith coming in and 
for me, there's not been enough rebuild in Glasgow already, probably right. because we were head coachless. Um, I would have liked to see a bit more of a, a cleanse of, uh, of some of the oh, heads in Glasgow and just really, because, you know, it's just, for me, like, to be completely frank about it, it's just not acceptable. The standard that was delivered at the end of last season as a professional, yeah. it's just not, it's not acceptable. And actually, that's been symptomatic for quite a few years now. Some of the players that we're talking about, just not acceptable. And it's a professional sport, you know. You, you, you get it right or you get out. And I don't like that we necessarily are so... I get, I get player loyalty, but, you know, there has to be a line to that as well. Well, a lot of new coaches will come in and sort of clean house anyway. Do you think that would have happened if it's going to happen? Do you think that this coach has decided just keep things as it is, I, except for me? I or? don't think he will have had to say in it, to be honest. I think oh, because, the SRU kind of... SRU, yeah. So Ugh. I think, uh, you know, oh, I think... By the way, sorry to interrupt. Great podcast about Siobhan Cadigan last week. You guys did an amazing job. It's a terrible story. The SRU is really good at making themselves look bad they do uh, a really good job of it and uh it must be a tough job being the spokesman who has to stand there and say yeah we're looking into it and you know anyway so just to rewind i was just giving edinburgh a compliment i think that's where we were at that's uh, right that's right and, and that's why i was quite dumbfounded to be honest with you uh, first <laughs> of all see it wasn't all me. A comp- first yeah first of all a compliment about the podcast that's not happened for a little while and uh, and second of all uh, uh, compliments about edinburgh you know from john anderson the john anderson ah, that's, that's why i get you guys here it's, season, it's not the season of goodwill yet, Craig, but we're, you know, it's, it's, it's pre-season. We're allowed to be nice. Yeah. Craig, to finish off the newly invented quick six, same question. Is year two of the new regime in Edinburgh enough to propel your team into new levels this season? Do you agree with John that your, your team is simply going to be better than his this year? Um, I, I, I hope so. Um, I think you will. I, thought, I don't think we've done enough business over the over the summer, but I guess we're the similar sort of situation as um, as Glasgow. Um, mm. Not that we don't have, you know, we have a, new, a brand new coach and etc. But I think the 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 purse strings have been kept quite tight um, between the two clubs. Um, it'll be an interesting one. I, I my my only the only thing I want to ensure and I want them to continue to do is Edinburgh went through a wee period of we're going really really strong. And okay, it was against the the Diddy teams, as John likes to say, um, <laughs> but we had a we had a strong uh, a strong run, um, and then our defence seemed to kind of kind of go, uh, and we, we 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 then went back to um, the old Edinburgh where we were uh, were really really strong at certain times, but we couldn't finish, or um, we then started running the ball really tight in the forwards for for. Um, over and over and over and over and over and over um, when we've got such outstanding backs that we have um, and we stopped using them. So a mixture of that, plus injuries, etc. So uh, it, it'll be an interesting one. We do have Jamie Ritchie coming back. We've got Bill Matt has been photographed running as well. Uh, along, uh, along with the, nice. I think, um, Lewin De Bruin has been, has been uh, pictured as well. So I think... Uh, Henry Emmelman as well. He's he's back from his shoulder up as well. His shoulder injury injury as well. So, you know, we'll, I think we'll start strong. Um, my only concern is how we finish. So, I for one 
really, really actually enjoy the URC. Uh, it's funny because as a relative newcomer to rugby, a, a lot of the sort of quirks and I guess shortcomings of the various leagues I follow sort of deeply annoy the people who have been following them for decades or even generations. Whereas for me, it, it's those very things that sort of lend these like subtle layers of charm and like being able to, you know, at times watch a Prem game before a URC game, before a Super Rugby game. I mean, those are three very different games. And like, that's a big part of what I enjoy. So, but you're both URC fans in a way by default, because the teams you follow are part of that competition. Is there a competition that you think is, is better? Like uh, if you could magically transplant your teams into a different competition, would you, and you know, what league w w would we be talking about? Mr. Anderson, what say you first? That's a really, really good question, David. Um, it's a tough one because actually, you know, we are, we're, as you say, your URC fans kind of by default, and then you get, you do get fiercely competitive um, during the European windows where, you know, it's almost like you, you start to get a bit of league pride as well. Yep. Um, I feel it. So it, it's, it, it's a really tough question. I would, like, I genuinely would love to see, I'd love to see Glasgow playing in Super Rugby. Like, Ooh. as a, just as a, just from a sheer spectacle perspective. Um, they play like 20 phases every time they get the ball. They're like, oh, yeah. You know what? Oh, yeah. I don't care where we are. <laughs> Yeah, let's we'll run it for me. It's it's brilliant spectacle. So so it would be nice to see that. But I I think in terms of leagues, every every league has their merits and every league has their positives. I don't necessarily think one league's better than another. I think they're just different. Um, you know, if you look at the top fourteen with all the superstars and they've got a nice balance of world he plays with pure grunt and aggression. Premiership's probably more tactical. Uh, with again, but you know, you look at the Premiership, you say it's more tactical. Then you've got Harlequins running the ball from everywhere. Um, URC, you've got you know, guys, Munster, and teams like that who are playing pragmatic rugby. Then you've got Benetton running riot and doing crazy things. So I think every league has their own pros and cons, but I just I think Super Rugby would be amazing to see. Craig, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> I have to agree with John, but I've, I'm slightly, um, I'm slightly taking it a different direction. To be perfectly honest with you, okay. Um, and you'll probably not be surprised to hear what I've got to say, but um, I would love to see Edinburgh, um, or even Glasgow, um, putting a team into the um, the Premiership 15s, uh, oh. women's uh, women's. Oh, of course, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, because I think um, Scotland right now are crying out for. Um, uh, a high performance professional team um, for their for their women stars etc. So um, for, forget about the the current um, storm that is currently going on within the SRU about um, uh, about certain reports that are out there etc. That are going on. I think it's something important for us to be involved in um, because we need to start exercising and giving our uh, exercising our current high professional athlete, well, female athletes, but also to encourage the younger ones who are coming through the age grade system and, and through the, um, the Foz Rock Academy um, to, to, to have somewhere to go to be a professional rugby player. The Foz Rock Academy sounds so Flintstonian to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so there has been player movement. There's been rebranding. The new season begins on Friday, September 16th with the opening match featuring John, your Warriors, away to Benetton. Are you worried at all about the sort of potential banana peel factor there? <laughs> no, no, I sh- no, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Um, okay. No, I'm not. Because I think, so I think the days of Benetton being a, a banana skin are over. I think Benetton are a good side. Um, I still think they're a side. And, I, I, you know, I've been laughed at on, on the Scottish Rugby pod for this a few times. I just think if, if either team, Glasgow or Edinburgh, are serious about being at the top end of the table, Benetton are a team we should not be considering as a worry. We should be dispatching them with relative ease. And that still rings true. And I know I'll, I've got people, people's voices in my ear doing the old, oh, for goodness sake, John, what are you doing? doing blah, blah, I don't <laughs> care. I'm, I stand by it. Glasgow should be dispatching Benetton nine times out of ten if they're serious about being a top tier team. If they're not, fine. Benetton can, you know, run the ball. Benetton are a decent side. I know so their day. They are are you putting that much on that game? If, if you lose that opener, are you throwing the season out the window? Uh, no, no, I'm not throwing it out the window, but certainly it makes life much more difficult. Because, I, I mean, if you were to look at the fixture list and you were, Glasgow, in terms of the way the fixtures have planned out, Glasgow's um, South African tour is quite tough. Here we go. Um, Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. It's true, though. It's true. We've talked about this, buddy. Uh, Yeah, so the South African tour is quite quite tough. Um, Just the way the fixtures are planned out, it's not uh, not ideal. I'm sure those South African teams won't be any good this year. Yeah, I'm sure they won't be. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm sure we'll not at all be having to you know go there with a scratch side because. Uh, They've the pretty much given up rugby down there. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. We'll not, we'll not at all have people in Scotland camp that week. But you know, let's 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 not worry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think thinking about it, you have to you have to win. Like, so you have to win your home games. That's kind of crucial. You have to pick a, pick off quite a few away games as well to be successful in this league. And the South African teams are a big ask. It's like, you know we've got Leinster away this year, huge ask as well. There's, there's limited opportunities to get those away wins and a team like Benetton should not be, you know, mm. that's you're not talking the calibre of the South African teams, you're not talking Leinster or any of the Irish sides, you're not even talking really the calibre of the, the two better Welsh sides, so I see no reason why we'd be thinking that would be a, 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 an issue if we're serious, but if we lose it, it does put us in a sticky position. Well, speaking of the Welsh sides, Craig, your opener looks a little bit easier, I reckon, uh, being at home to welcome the Dragons. But again, you know, starting the season with a match you're sort of expected to win, is that a, a double-edged sword for you? Well, let's just say that um, our uh, our um, game against Zebri taught us a little bit of humility. Um, uh, so uh, just a little bit of, you know, so uh, on our side of things, I don't think we're ever going, I don't think Mike Blair's the sort of coach that's going to say, yeah, we'll dispatch these guys, no problem, and let's move on to the other teams. Um, I think he'll take that one on as seriously as he would, and I hope the players take it on um, as seriously would anyone else. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, obviously, we do have, we are then straight into a, a road trip down to, um, uh, just across the water to uh, South Africa um, uh, during... Well, is, is, is there a tournament going, going on at that point, Craig? Is there something a, happening? There's a small tournament happening at the moment, which uh, which then will give us the uh, the ability up. to play some of the young yeah. players within South Africa and see what, what <laughs> it's an opportunity. It is, it is, and you've also got to remember that I don't think Morney Stain and people like that are um, 
are uh, are away with the, the, the away with the um uh, string box. So you know the, there's old stagers there that can do a little bit of damage. So I can't believe people aren't you know hammering the he's got more nice staying power. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I set them up, you knock them down. There we go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Frankly, frank, <laughs> if you don't be, if you don't beat the dragons by you know thirty points, Craig. You probably worried about the rest of your season. Here he goes. Yeah, we're all oh, Bennett, and we're not worried about Bennett at all. And you're going to absolutely, you know, you should be beating <laughs> beating dragons by thirty points. Oh man, I tell you, that'll be an interesting one. I tell you. Again, my my purpose in bringing you together here so that you can be nice to each other and yet wind each other up it, it will <laughs> come out later in the next pod that I get to listen to. So it's all you know, it's part of my Machiavellian scheme. Well, the um, thing is that that is one of the reasons they should be beating Bennett and though is because of Franco. Um, of course, yeah, inside inside knowledge because of absolutely if we've proven anything over the last couple of years, is I definitely have no influence at all on what Glasgow Warriors do. Uh, if anything, it is quite the opposite. So we just need to make sure that the uh, that, that that Glasgow don't um, upset the uh, current Rainbow Cup holders and see who we are with that. Um, but uh... I, I I I won the Rainbow Cup playing Mario Double Dash the other day as well, mate. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm actually the current Rainbow Cup uh, holder now. Uh, depends if Sorry, someone for, else has played Mario Kart recently. For your listeners, that is the. That's the noise of a teddy being thrown out of the uh, out of the top <laughs> out of the pram. Oh, I know the noise well. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we're we're not going to go you know fixture by fixture. I mean, I would of course one hundred percent want to do that, but by the end of that we would all have starved to death. So instead, I'm just going to do a quick rundown of the other teams in the URC and try to get a sense of where you sort of rate them all. Capiche? Sounds good. So. Let's recap last season. So quick side note, when I was looking all this up, I noticed, you know, when this competition was still the Pro 14, it had its primary sponsor in Guinness. But this past year, with the advent of the URC, only Vodacom is listed as a primary sponsor. And that's just obviously for the, the South African teams. Is Rock Nation, you know, not doing that? Is there, am I missing something there? Do you know? No, I heard anything about the Guinness sponsorship. Um, obviously, Guinness have picked up sponsoring the Six Nations. Sure. as well so there's potentially they've come at the end of the contract and thought do you know what we've, we've kind of got the we've got the big fish there we maybe don't need the uh the the, the small fry that is the urc and maybe maybe they are lacking a title sponsor at the moment who knows but hmm. um or come have come in and paid an absolute shed ton of money and uh, are sponsoring <laughs> the whole thing we love so- that south african dollar it's good <laughs> that's right it, it stacks up yeah absolutely so last year, the Irish division was no surprise to anyone with Leinster going 13 and five. We all know they, they kind of tossed a, tossed a couple of those games towards the end as well. Ulster surprised people, or at least me, doing better than Munster going 12 and six as opposed to 11 and seven. While the team that I particularly support in futility, Connacht, they, they bravely managed to get to 500. John, do you see anything different with the Irish clubs this year? Um, do you assume we'll have you know, Leinster at the top or, you know, will Ulster and Munster sort of, you know, be on a revenge tour now that some chinks have appeared in the armour? I think the problem we've got is some chinks appeared in the armour, but they've had all summer to think about those chinks and Leinster are a well-oiled winning machine. And, the, you know, the last time they'd done this, they had, a, they had a season where things didn't necessarily go that well. 
and they came back the following year just absolutely dominated. So, you know, it's I, I wouldn't wouldn't put any, I don't think anyone's going to come near Leinster yet again. Munster and Ulster for me are very, very close uh, in terms of their their, their stature. I think mm. they, they, you could go either way between the two of them. Uh, and unfortunately, I think Connacht will be quite a bit behind that as well as as per usual, except on uh, the, the year after World Cups. Because usually, what, what hope what hope can you offer a Connacht fan? Um, again, they've got an exciting brand of rugby down there. They 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 tend to. They tend to be a they're a stuffy team to beat. I reckon, you know, some of their boys have been away playing international rugby as well. They've, they've got good players. I just don't think they're anywhere near as good a side as as the other three. So, yeah, I, the only hope is that you'll probably get European rugby again at some in some guys. But um, yeah, don't expect to be too far up the league. Craig, uh, do you think that Leinster is going to be like on a rampage after losing a couple of finals in a row that nobody expected them to lose? Or are they going to be sort of, you know, doubting the whole thing? Or has the uh, has the bloom come off the rose there? Um, I, I, th- I think rather than, than Leinster being, being, you know, affected as such, because obviously you can't really, um, as... Uh, as we know with the Terminator, um, they just keep coming and they just keep coming and they just keep coming. Um, so I, I don't think I don't think they're going to be affected at all. Um, I think where where the difference will come is I think the Ulsters um, and your South Africa, your stronger of the South African teams, and obviously Edinburgh, because you know who I've got to put them in there, um, are going to be have have an idea that. No longer are you sitting there thinking Leinster can't be beaten, um, and 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 so that does affect a team quite dramatically that are going up against a team they now think they've got a chance. And Ulster, can they bring the anger from these losses? Like, can they translate that to this next season? Can they bring that week to week, or is that something that fans think about, not the players? I don't think that I don't think they're the sort of team that brings the anger. I think that you know, okay, fair enough. Mm. I've seen Johnny Sexton throw the toys out out the pram again and things like that. But I don't think <laughs> I think they're incredibly controlled. And I think that's one of the one of the points that that you know if you if you look at um especially a lot of the 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 what's the word a lot of the reports and a lot of the the background information about um Stuart Lancaster is that they're less of an angry team and more of a hugging team. Um he, he likes his he likes his huggers and he likes his he likes to to, to put out his motivational speeches and his motivational quotes and and find different things in different and in, in, in different different printed media to 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 push the to what's the word to uh promote and to inspire the team. So I don't think I actually don't think they're an angry team. Mm. Um I think they're more they're, of a control. They're too of a, too much of a machine to be angry. Very much yeah. so. Very much so. Um and I think that's where I think actually that's where we're where the other teams are going to beat them is to be controlled but also have an edge on them and, and have and hit and hit them hard and then they realize actually so this is going to be a bit more difficult than we think it's going to be. I know John has to dip out for a little bit in a second. So I'm just gonna ask um Wales. I mean, I, I feel like I don't I don't even know where to begin 
with the Welsh clubs that like every five months we hear they're can they're going to consolidate, they're going to turn four teams into three or even two. Then nothing happens. Then they have a crappy year in general. Then the national team surprises everyone with you know either positive or negative results. It's so strange. I mean, what is up with Welsh rugby, John? Can you solve it for us in the next three and a half minutes? I mean, I could attempt to. Because uh, you know, me and Wales got on really, really well. So, uh, <laughs> so sorry. I know, I, I know they're all listening right now, waiting. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm sure they would love to be told what to fix. Uh, so, I think, I think the whole thing uh, with you guys is. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Liam Williams. Um, so, uh, no, I think a lot of a lot of things are coming home to roost in Welsh rugby. As you say, there's no stability. There's no. I think Welsh rugby got ahead of itself in a lot of ways under Gatland, and it thought that you know the staying power to obviously implement the the um, Gatland's law, where players you know have to have to play in Wales to be eligible for Welsh selection or have a certain number of caps. Um, I think it's a wee bit ahead of where they are actually in their stature. Stature playing, there's a difference between encouraging players to play at a club where. They're getting well paid and they're going to be, you know, playing at the highest level, challenging themselves or forcing players to play for the Dragons. Doesn't quite have the same allure, does it? Interesting. So um, I think there's lots of things they could do, but I think the issue you've got now is the Welsh national team is starting to struggle. And that's, in, you know, in spite of they've had great results, they've got decent players coming through, but there's... They got that historic cracks. win in, in South Africa. Like they surprised everybody. I thought like oh, everybody was like, oh, maybe think maybe everything's okay. They, they did, but then they had, you know, they've also had opportunities to to you know get the get what they needed out of that and um rely on a lot of players. Rely, you know, it, for me, it should have been easier than it was, actually. Mm. And I know that's that's it's quite quite funny to say that about world champions, but um, you know, for me, South Africa weren't that goods um and actually you know Wales could have done should have done much better I think um they've got a very poor style of play as well which really doesn't appeal to you know the Welsh Welsh rugby public love to see running rugby love to see players yeah, actually yeah. playing rugby and it doesn't doesn't work so um with the national team struggling I think there's going to be a lot more pressure on the club teams to ship up or you know shape up or ship out um and i think those rumors that those rumors have continued to cycle but they've cycled and then went away because the national team have been doing well i think once you see you know wales getting a couple of consecutive fifth fifth place finishes in the six nations maybe dropping out of a world cup quite early you might start to see the pressure coming on i just think welsh teams the the club teams themselves are poor and they they're going to, they're, they're overly overly reliant on their Welsh stars who then get protected for Wales duty, so they don't actually have access to them. So it's, it's such a tough it's a tough one. In Scotland, have had that as well. Uh, in in years gone by, we've had situations where Scotland internationals haven't played much for either Edinburgh or Glasgow. So it does mean you're kind of shorn of a huge part of your talent pool, and mm. make, it does make it difficult, but. Um, if that's not working in terms of the national team and they're struggling still, there's going to be questions asked. So I think there's a lot a lot to happen in Welsh rugby, but there's a lot of pain to come first. Okay, so problem solved. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, basically just <laughs> suck it up. It's going to be terrible, boys and girls. 
he's going to get a 30 point doing uh, in week one off Edinburgh and it's going to be you know it's going to be all doom and gloom so just you know DM me we'll, 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 we'll talk it out boys <laughs> okay so uh, thanks John uh, Craig I'll, I'll, I'll be back Craig, last year, the, the best performing Welsh team didn't make the playoffs. The Ospreys, they, they clocked in, you know, at ninth on the table. And I noticed a, a kind of a quirky thing, which was the Scarlets, who finished one, uh, you know, one place below Ospreys. They had two fewer wins overall, but still had 10, you know, try bonus points, which tied them for second in the competition. You know, the, the eventual runner-ups, the Bulls, they had 10, and that number was only uh, bested by Leinster with 11. So like, what do you think? Does that give you hope for the Scarlets that they're scoring that much or are numbers like that just kind of meaningless to you? Um, for, for me, it, it, I, I like an open style play. Um, I think what you, what maybe is more of the, the, the worrying sign is that they're scoring that amount of tries or they're, they're getting their time on those points, but they're not winning. But they're not winning. Exactly. Um, so I think, I think they're, I think they're, it's more of a panic stations on their defense. And, and, and that was last year, um, last season, one of our biggest conversation pieces was the, the, the absolute lack of defense um, in all four of the um, uh, of the Welsh regions teams, mm. um, because you know they're now called Cardiff rather than Cardiff Blues, but Cardiff, right. Scarlets, and Ospreys all have the ability and they have the talent there to to play wonderful open running rugby. It's uh, unfortunately um, Wales is not New Zealand, and um, you're not going to to produce. Uh, phenomenal coaches and phenomenal rugby players just just because you're playing open rugby you know you need to defend slightly mm. so you know last year it was ospreys scarlets cardiff dragons do you see that order changing this year at all you know will there be a welsh t- you know team in the playoffs this coming year um you can never count them out um and i think ospreys have the the talent um uh, in in their squad um but also yeah, i would i never count, i never count out scarlets because you just you know oh, they yeah. just they, they can turn up and 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 i remember them playing uh, at the dam it was one of the first games i went to watch at the dam health uh and they were awful genuinely awful but whenever they had the ball in their hand you were worried because they had a couple of players that could just come up with a little bit of magic and then all of a sudden you're seven points down. I like um, that. So, so that's, that's where if I'm going to be worried about them, I, I'm not. Um, and that, that's the, the, the big thing for me is that I, with it. And this is the, the big change being an Edinburgh fan is that I'm not worried about the Welsh regions at all. Hmm. And that may be, that may be, um, a lack of hubris on, on on my behalf, and they might be saying, you know, there'll be a lot of people out there that are saying how how I can't believe you're writing off the Welsh regions, but they are. I'm all, we always we always treat them with a little bit of suspicions the wrong word, but you always worry about them because you mm. never know they can just absolutely they have they have enough talent there. They just need to put it all together. 
so you're still seeing it the same way though so you mentioned scarlet's being the the one that you know not not Sorry, worry yeah but, i went off but, tangent but and didn't answer do, do you think they'll uh could they overtake the ospreys this year i mean uh everyone's like well you know they got alan jones on the the ospreys but like he what did he play eight minutes total last year like he's not yeah, really there uh, he's 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 there he's there for the welsh team and and and, and his and how long he stays within the, the well setup is always a question mark as well. So um, I th- I think you'll probably find that, um, God, I'm going to totally not really sit in the fence, David, but, um, uh, you know, I think you're going to have a, either Scarlet's or Ospreys at the top. And then, you, again, you will find that Cardiff will be above um, uh, Dragons. So so it's between the two. The, is the is two something directions. actually going to happen with this? Like, you know, every year it's, Oh well, we should consolidate. Like, but nobody wants to give up their team. Obviously, you know, and I wouldn't blame them. Like, but every year they're saying we need fewer teams, but we have the same number of teams. Is anything ever going to happen with that? Well, you have to. You know, we're just we're sitting at a, we're sitting here in a period of of time where it looks like there's two major teams within the Premiership, the English Premiership, about to fail. Yeah. Um, one a team that have always been on the borderline of, of 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 failing financially. It's very scary. Like we don't get those that news here. So it just Twitter is just kind of kind of telling me those things, and I'm like, what, what, what? Yeah, like, that yeah. seems Wooster, really big. Wooster Warriors are are very yeah. close to being put into liquidation, and then the any other team one that is, begins with a W is just in trouble right now. Absolutely, wasps. So, and that's the more surprising one. I, I understand that that, that 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 they've had issues with them. Um, with their uh, with where they play, etc., and, and and problems financially that way. But you know, wasps are you know European Cup winners, and they are um, are they European Cup winners? I think yeah, sure. Well, at least they've you know they've they've taken the Premiership many many times. They're a strong strong side, um, and they're well within the English Premiership as uh, they're almost stalwarts of the English Premiership, and they're about to you know they're they're on very very rocky ground at this moment in time financially. Right. So um, you. You have to look at that, and and Wales are still insisting on having four franchises now. Absolutely, just as you just as you mentioned, um, if if someone turned to me and said we're, we're going to, you know, Scotland can't afford two franchises, we need to get rid of Edinburgh, um, I would be there absolutely fighting my corner. So I totally understand where the Welsh regions fans are, but if you look at how well they're performing, and and if you think about how much a I'm going to have to say this, but how much of a financial drain on 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 the WRU Dragons are, and they continually perform poorly, and you know uh, their their coaching staff won't be cheap. Um, you know, if you think of what they could do with that money, um, right. Uh, you would because we we did it in Scotland. We we had the Border Reavers, we had Edinburgh and Glasgow, and the Border Reavers. Unfortunately, the Border Reavers suffered a little bit because you just don't get you, you're not going to get a, someone from Melrose, someone from Gala, someone from Jed Jedburgh all coming to watch their team. You know, it, that, <laughs> it's, and I guess it's a little bit like Wales. Um, you know, you, you're just not going to get that happen. So the Border Reavers never really. Had the um, the draw that everyone thought they were going to, 
Um, but we couldn't survive with three with three teams, so they took they took the took the, the decision to, to to shelve the border reavers. And there's lots of people out in Scotland here that say that we need to be more competitive as an international team. Um, we need to have three professional teams. We need to have mm. a third professional team. We don't have the money for it. And if you look at where, where we are with mm. Edinburgh and Glasgow, we're, we're, we've both of those teams <clears throat> have the ability to win the league, win the URC if they go on a strong run. It's funny. So I, so I was trying to think uh, recently. I was like, "Oh, the Super Six is to, you know, the URC as the NPC is to Super Rugby." And then I realized, no, not at all. The Super Six is semi-professional at best, right? Like it's it it's not a separate league of professionals like the NPC is under Super Rugby. Like it's uh, it it's not really comparable in that way, right? No, and, and and that's the thing. It's it, there's there's the super six is a real weird one because I was I was having a, a chat. Um, I met a couple of couple of, couple of brothers who uh, through my job um, who are sterling ex sterling players um, and played at a fairly high level of sterling, and they've got friends who are who were playing last season with the super six, and they have decided to chuck the Super 6 team and go back to playing for Sterling's first 15. Because really? they would rather, they're getting nowhere, they're on paltry money, they're having to try and train as a professional athlete, but also hold a job down. Um, and they've, they've decided they'd rather just hold the job down and go and have, go and enjoy their rugby. And I think where the Super 6 needs to maybe it's a real difficult one. I, I, I can see where, where, where we're winning with it. I can see what we're doing with it. But the problem we have is, is that we, you know, we have an under 18 Scotland and under 20 Scotland male team, teams that are underperforming dramatically. Mm. So what, are, what is the Super Six doing to help with that? Um, and I, I, I you know, um, We've got. I mean, that, that would exactly be my question to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that, and that's the, you know, okay, fair enough. We've got a couple of guys that are coming through. You know, one of the ones I was quite excited about, and I never mentioned about Glasgow is Murphy Walker, um, a prop who will play both sides. He'll play tight and loose head, um, and you know, he's he he got he was he was taken out to Argentina. So uh, you know, there's someone who's exciting there, um, and he's come through, um, come through the ranks of the Super Six as well. Um, Cammy Hutchison was playing for in the Super Six as well as uh, uh, being on the. I mean, do you watch the Super Six? Do you sort of follow, <clears throat> you know, follow it and have a, a team you support, or do you feel like it's taking away from Scottish rugby in some way? No, I, I, I honestly don't know yet because I, I don't have a team I follow. Um, I was watching. I was watching on Friday night because it's currently on just now, um, and we are very lucky over here. Um, I, I support the Bears because their uh, town name reminds me of the, the Lord of the Rings, the Boromir Bears. <laughs> yes, and the thing is, Boromir is, is even is, though we, yeah, it's right in the middle of Edinburgh, um, and it's. Uh, but mind you, you know, you've got the Boromir Bears from Megatland. You know, it's like that's a, that's what they're they're um, they're. Uh, oh. Their, their stadium's called, so it, it really does go down the route of uh, your Game of Thrones theory. Nice, um, but I think uh, I think you know if we look at um, I, I like I like Stirling. They've got some really nice 
looking players, as in when I say nice looking, they look like they can they can play well. Um, but <laughs> not like Duhan. Not like Duhan. Nobody's like Duhan, but uh, <laughs> apart from Pierre Schumann, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but um, I think I think you know there's some interesting interest interesting uh, teams to follow. Obviously, Cami follows my ma the uh, Southern Knights. Um, who are basically <laughs> Melrose. Um, Sterling have called themselves the Sterling Wolves now. Um, they are. So the, they've rebranded. I can't, they've what do you think of the rebrand? Uh, it, it works well because the, uh, the, the one of their sponsors is, uh, has, a, has a wolf as their oh, as okay. logo. Um, but uh, yeah, so you've got the, you've got the Ayrshire Bulls who are cons- consistently good. Mm. Um, they seem to. They always seem to attract a, you know, um, an ex-professional from Glasgow as their coach, um, and they seem to, to to do a good job. Pete Horn was there last, uh, just at the beginning of the year, until he took up an assistant coach job at, the, at Glasgow. Um, Pat MacArthur was there coaching as well, so they're so, they're consistently good. Uh, uh, the Ayrshire Bulls, but they've got decent money behind them. Um, obviously, Melrose, uh, the Southern Knights, my, my. Um, they are, uh, they, they've gone through a full change. Um, they had a, a really a, 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 a fantastic squad that went to the final last year, and then all of a sudden... Um, just yeah, they, just then they fell imploded. apart. Like, yeah. uh, it, it's in my script for my own pod this week. Like, what on earth? They were, like, in the final, and I think the favourites even, and this year they're a laughing stock until this week. And all of a sudden they smashed whoever I can't remember who they played, but oh my god, it was like 39 to 5 or something. Yeah, Sterling they were playing this uh, this weekend. Um, yeah, yeah. And they, they they took them apart. And then you've got um a resurgent um Harriet's who looked last year um as if they didn't complete preseason correctly, um, and they really struggled throughout the year. Um, and then all of a sudden they've come out. But again, a lot of the players that used to be with Melrose have moved up to moved up to um, Harriet's, um, and so there's a you know one of them being um, uh, Melrose's nine, who has been it with Melrose for a long time, ex How player. Um, um, oh, that is. It's McAndrew. Um, I forgot his second name. I just know his dad's name, Les. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, um, Murdo McAndrew. Sorry, there we go. Okay. Um, it came to me. So, so there's, there, it seems to change on a regular basis. And then you've got your your, your uh, Watsonians who are, who again seem to be there or thereabouts. Um, so, and Borough, and, and obviously your favourites, the Borough Mule Bears. <laughs> at one point i reached out to them and i said hey can i get some uh can i get some of your merch i would I, I would buy your jerseys and stuff and you know do you ship to the united states and they were like oh we'll get back to you but they did not they have that's that's the thing I, I, johnny is absolutely johnny mcginty our fellow podder um of, yeah, yeah. The, of, of the podcast he is absolutely and utterly in love with the the, the nike um uh, Sterling Wolves uh, stash, yeah, um, yeah, and he has constantly asked to see if he can get. Although he wants it for nothing, um, uh, <laughs> but uh, typical Johnny. Um, so, but he's, um, you know, there seems to be nothing set up. They don't seem to be there yet. Just to, to you don't even see um, what's the word fans on the sidelines in their kit. You know. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Well, if you hear anything, let me know. So. Absolutely. 
if we can swing it all, all the way back to the URC. Yeah, sorry, you know. <laughs> uh, so, Craig, your team, they finished ahead of John's team last year to the tune of a draw to a loss. That was pretty much the, the separation there. There were, uh, you know, four total league points involved. So, you know, I'm not trying to minimize that. that that's not nothing. But, uh, you know, the Glasgow, the Glasgow, they have a formidable roster. But, you know, they got a new coach. Um, are you worried that Glasgow are going to overtake you this year? We've kind of already hinted at what you think your records will be. Um, do you think you'll be laughing at Johnny at John by the end of this year? Um, I don't think I'll be laughing at them. Um, I think. Well, that's uh, not really your style anyway. Well, well, no, actually, I do laugh. No, no. <laughs> um, while he's not here to answer for it, no. Um, yeah. What I, what I would say is Franco Smith is an absolute, they've won a watch with him. I think they've absolutely and utterly signed the right guy. Um, he can come in and I think he's going to be able to utilise the, the, the youth academy, um, that bring through the youth um, and he will rebuild the team because it needs it. You know, we need to, you know, no disrespect to the players that are there at the moment, but there's a lot of older players there that that seem to have been there, done that, got the T-shirt, and then when they come out, that's why they're, uh, that's one of the reasons they're almost capitulating in the second half if things get tough. And I'm not saying that they're not tough players, but uh, I think they just, they're at that point where they're almost jaded with rugby, if you understand what I mean. Mm. Um, so I think, I think, Franco Smith is a you know he, uh, as I say I think I think to take to think that he's not going to make a difference uh, in Glasgow's uh, fortunes um, you will be a wrong person you're a wrong man or a wrong woman for saying that um, I think he will really um, I think that Glasgow are going to go through a little bit of rude health for the next few while um, but I think we are Edinburgh as a whole are on a run and I think um, you know if Mike Blair doesn't end all by tripping over his shoelaces. Um, <laughs> you know, you just, you can just see, you know, it, we've done it before and we did it this year with our international squad thinking that we're going to win the um, the Six Nations because we beat England in the first round and we were, and we were looking incredibly strong and then the players decided to absolutely implode. So <laughs> um, my that's my only concern with Edinburgh is that they, that they everything looks really, really good. So has the, have the URC, uh, you know, one of their pledges at the beginning of this rebranding was we're not going to interfere with the international windows and, you know, COVID, you know, not everything was their fault, but that didn't really happen last year. Um, Is that sorted out this year? As far as you know, do you think there'll be less, you know, interference with the international windows and six nations and so on? Well, the, 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 uh, it's meant to be barring any issues. But you still have a situation where, for example, Edinburgh have got the luck of the draw, where we're going down to South Africa, where when the Springboks are are, are still playing in uh, in the Rugby Championship. Right. This is late, yeah. Yeah. So, and then also John will very very quickly, if you ask him, uh, tell you about Glasgow's woes. We won't because, ask him. We don't. We won't ask him. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, but Glasgow are uh, set. I think they've got a game coming. They come. Uh, I think they have a game. The week after at the, the week after the last game of the autumn nest, the autumn tests, and as we all know, when when there are um, uh, senior players away to Scotland, they don't come back within a week. They always take a break. 
Sure. So they're going to they're going to be heading down. Well, they have to get on the steamship, you know. Yeah, and... Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so uh, you know, I don't think nothing's perfect, and it's never going to be perfect. So I don't think we're ever going to be in a situation where you're never going to be affected by marquee players not going to be there. But um, if John um, was talking right now and said uh, Glasgow is going to be more negatively impacted by the international windows next year than your own team, uh, are you telling me he's wrong or? I think, I think we've both got the same issue. Um, I just think that he it kind of evens out in the wash, right? Well, he, here he comes now, so he'll be able to, he'll be able to get uh, he'll be able to get involved here and, and start talking about how how the autumn the autumn tests. Are, oh are yes, absolutely uh, wrecking, yeah, uh, yes, Craig. The, the flowers Glasgow are very season. nice this time of year. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, fill, fill me in. What's what's happening? What about him? We're just we're just talking about uh, how um, you, you, the autumn the autumn test. You've got a, a fairly big fixture coming up a week after the. Um, the autumn test finish, am I right in saying? Uh, yes, yes, we do. We're away to Leinster uh, the week after the autumn. Um, we away to the, the RDS to take an absolute shellacking. So, yeah, that, that I mean, beautiful, beautiful scheduling. Um, delighted. The, the, the only saving grace is, obviously, um, I mean, Scotland are now relying more heavily on Edinburgh players, which is great. So, my only, only hope is that, you know, there's not... <laughs> All that many Glasgow Warriors uh, involved in that <laughs> final week against Argentina. Well, I mean, in the end, that's what I was getting at. Do either of you feel like you're, you know, especially disadvantaged by international windows this year? Yes. Are you worried that your teams are, you know, getting smacked around a little bit by the by the schedule? Yes, I think I think the schedule this time has worked very badly uh, against Glasgow, and you know it's going to happen sometimes. I'm There's not. No way. No way! You're so, just celebrating about how you've got your fixtures on Friday nights, living like that back, and oh, it's nothing to do with them being a Friday it's like... night. It's the fact. So again, as as we indicated oh, earlier in this podcast, that the uh, South African tour, which you know we are we are touring South Africa just before the Autumn Internationals. In fact, a week before, just to be absolutely certain. <laughs> so. You can imagine where where will Scotland players be that day, Craig? Will they be in South Africa? I shouldn't well, think so. Is, I, I I think we, the problem is that Edinburgh have really been disadvantaged by the uh, having to go to South Africa and not play the best some of the best players in the world. And yeah, I think about the poor. I think about the poor players who have geed themselves mm. up thinking that they're going to prove themselves against those players, True, and yeah. they're not going to be there. It's going to be really, really tough for you. So, yeah, I know. However, will you cope? Um, it's going to be really funny when you just get beaten and you just come back with huge omelets all over your face. That could be class. Could enjoy that. Oh, believe me, I know that could happen. I'm not saying anything. About that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do, you do tend to do it a bit more uh, like calm and stuff. Whereas I'm just, you know, heart on sleeve, all in. Yeah, it's going to happen, and then take the absolute. Tasting that I get on the other side when inevitably goes wrong. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to get to that in a sec. Uh, so, John, I, I got to Craig about his own team, but, you know, the flip side of his coin, you know, your mood and outlook were decidedly negative at the end of this past season, but a lot of, you know, a lot of that had to do with, you know, what was an uncertainty around the coaching position that changed. Um, but of course, you have no idea what to expect with this new coach. Like, but how are you feeling right now? Are you like, yes, this is about to turn around. This is going to be great. We're going to kick ass. Or are you, are you like, 
you know, it's going to be this, the same. Where, where are uh, you at emotionally and mentally with your team? Yeah, do you know what? I, th- I think I think I'm feeling more positive than the end of last season. That I mean, wouldn't wouldn't be that difficult, would it? Um, I think I'm I'm in a position where I think we are in for a couple of seasons of Glasgow struggling a wee bit actually, and I don't think okay. it's going to be not in the same way because we've had a couple of seasons of Glasgow struggling. And the fact that we're only one position behind Edinburgh says everything that needs to be said about that. But, you know, let's not go there. Glasgow have struggled. They've not played very well. They've not played good rugby. They've not utilised the personnel that they had available to them. I think we're now at a position where Franco Smith's going to come in and hopefully is going to, not, not root and branch, but is going to rebuild that team. Uh, so I think we've got a couple of years ahead of us where players, a lot of players are going to have their last, last chances quite, early on in this regime, I think. I think you'll find the first few weeks it'll be show us your show as you're not as bad a rugby player as that Leinster game. Mm. Or the you know the seven games before that that we lost. I like that. Oh, um, what about that? That's just cheering me up. Uh, yeah, yeah what the Leinster game or, or yeah, the just, losing all forgot, those games before it. I just I just forgot about all of that. That's that's oh, awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was it was very, very <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> John, are you getting how this framed piece behind Craig is kind of looking like he's got these elongated ears? There's kind of a. It does actually, yeah. It looks like it looks like a big shaggy. Yeah, there's a shaggy dog. There's a puppy thing puppy, right yeah. in there. Or oh, it's a really good hairstyle, one of the two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm here, mate. You've not had any issues with that for a while, pal. I really haven't. No, no. So. Uh, <laughs> I saved the South African teams for the very last because, you know, as we all like re- likely recall, the last wave of rounds in the URC, they were pretty pretty well dominated by every team from South Africa. Yep. And the two finalists were both brand new teams to the URC. The first question has to be, I'll go to Craig here, uh, you know, was adding these teams good or bad for the URC? What impact, you know, did the dominance of these teams have on the league as a whole? Um, that's a difficult one because I, I, I think it's been a positive effect. Um, I think we're getting to that point where it was becoming, um, very, uh, almost dull. Um, I think there was, you know, Wales, Wales are going through their problems. Scotland are doing their best to come middle table on a regular basis. Um, Ireland are just absolutely just, you know, because they've got, they just need to go downstairs to World Rugby and, 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 and tell them what exactly what they want to do and then go upstairs to the URC and tell them exactly what they have to do. So um, <laughs> they, they were I love that we, that we get to this every single time. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I, think it, I think, you know, it was getting to that point where the, 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 the Irish domination was getting a little bit boring. And I, and I don't mean that in any, yeah, it's a negative way, but I don't mean that. You know, against the Irish fans, they were. If it was, if it was the two Scottish teams that were dominating, I would be absolutely exactly the same way as the, you know, as as poor losers as they can be. I would be a poor loser if they if, if my team got beat that was that was dominating on a regular mm. basis. So, I, I I totally understand that. I just feel that, like everything, like this year in Formula One, it's nice to see the dominant team has failures, have have issues. And so you're then getting to see other other teams shine, you know. That's John, you've been watching this competition in its you know multitudinous iterations for many moons now. Did you enjoy the the grand final? I think they called it. You know, how invested were you to watch that? You know, if South Africa becomes consistently dominant, does it impact your viewership? 
I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't even watch the final. That's that's how oh, interested yeah. I was in it. Didn't watch it. Uh, had other things on that day, and you know, it's not one of those ones where I had other things on, and had it been in usual circumstances, I would have just recorded it and watched it back later. Uh, I think I think I had it recorded and just didn't watch it. Uh, just had zero interest in it. <laughs> Craig, the, qual- the quality of rugby pundit has gone down here. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know, it's one of these things, I think the South African teams have brought a lot to the URC, uh, and I agree, I do like new faces, um, new, new, new teams coming in, and, and you know, so I've, I've written about this in the past, it's uncertainty bias, so we, we, we essentially, where there's uncertainty of outcome, uh, viewership and things like that do increase, and the South African teams bringing that will inevitably uh, create create more uncertainty on, on outcome. I think the problem is it was two South African teams, yeah. and I was I was just kind of a bit like there was almost a bit of a trauma response of if they play anything like South Africa, this is going to be an hour and a half, two hours of my life that I am going to regret. So no, thank you. Now, admittedly, they don't. The Stormers play some lovely rugby, uh, and probably they are. For me, the pick of the South African teams in terms of the way they play, um, but yeah, oh, well, you were watching, African but they teams, actually won. So they, they they did win. Yeah, I know, I know, uh, they did, and I like their strip better than the other ones as well. So obviously yes. that's a big thing. But uh, I think if it had been a South African team and a Leinster or you know another um, of the original the sort of Pro Fourteen teams, then I think I would have watched it just out of that intrigue, but two South African teams. I didn't watch any of the South African games like when it was South African derbies last year, mm. uh, but wow. I did watch a couple of the Irish derbies, watched a couple of the Welsh derbies. Uh, so, you know, that tells you probably where my head's at. But Craig, what about you? Um, I think I was slightly different. I watched a, a few of the South African derbies rather than watching any of the Welsh derbies, to be honest with you, but um, uh, I watched the game um, in fact, my wife and I sat down to watch it, um, and we kind of got a bit kind of waylaid with other things because it it, it just it, we we weren't fully invested in it. And I think it's I think it's probably the fact that um, you know <laughs> the one that we were invested in more I think was the the Leinster Bulls game. Yeah. Right, saying mm. um, that that you know, and if that had been the final. Then I think that would be that would be. Well, I mean, I guess that's. What I watched I'm that at. one. That's. If, yeah, I watched that. <clears> one. If the next three finals are South African derbies, in a way, are you watching? Or are you skipping all of these? I think it depends, doesn't it? It depends. Like, you have to build an emotional connection with these teams, and actually, you know, we're we're all fans of our our club, but we've got other clubs we like watching as well. You know, I quite regularly tune in to watch the Scarlets because I quite I quite like the way they've always played rugby. I enjoy a couple of their players. So you start to develop attachments to other teams and you kind of look at the fixture list and go, oh, that looks like that'll be a good game. Mm. So I think with time, if the South African teams continue to, you know, play at the standard they are playing and they play attractive rugby, I think in time, you know, I'm probably more likely to tune into a Stormers game next year than I would have been at the start of last year. Okay. But that's you know that will have to build, and it's still we're still not at that relationship point of me wanting to to commit to them. I think I think also the fact um, 
we were all excited about them joining the, joining the, the league and seeing in the championship and, and saying, right, I can't wait to go down to the damn hell for down to Scotsdale and watch these world-class Springboks come out yep. and play. And because they didn't, because a lot of them were, were missing for a long, a long period of the time. Um, and also the, the fact of, you know, are you going to, you know, see a Khaleesi's being in a huge amount of, I'm not saying he's the most, you know, but if you look at Peter Steptoy, for example, or Kitsoff, who's the one I would probably want to watch most of, um, you know, you bring these guys, they've been in Springbok camp for so long, they come out and then you say, right, well, we're going to, you know, you've got two weeks off, then we're going to fly up to Scotland. A lot of these guys are going to be rested uh, anyway. So it, it, it just, you know, if, if we could get more of them coming to, Scotland coming to Wales, coming to Ireland, people will buy into the teams yep. far more. And that's the whole thing, Rock Nation, we're talking about. We're trying to get that, you know. So the idea of having the URC not clash with international fixtures was all right. about getting those. But you're sitting here just now, we're talking about Edinburgh going down to play weekend South Africa teams because the rugby championship is on. The the promises and the product are completely polar yeah. opposite at the moment. And that's just, it's it kind of makes a, it kind of ridicules the whole thing. So last little bit, I'm trying to get you guys out of here. Scotland, they had a bit of a rough time this summer. Uh, you know, there were lots of calls for Tunzi's head, you know, may, even a month or so ago. A, a little side question off of that, Craig, do you think the successes or failures of the national team impact the successes and failures of the domestic clubs? You know, let me put a fine point on it. If Scotland had swept Argentina, you know, in convincing fashion, would both clubs in the URC be feeling more optimistic right now? And would that optimism, that optimism, you know, translate to results on the pitch? Um. It didn't when Glasgow won the 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 Pro 14. Um, we weren't at our, you know, obviously we didn't have Tooney, uh, you know, as as coach. But Fern was was Fern Vern was was doing quite good things. But I don't I don't see a huge I don't see a huge crossover or a huge correlation between mm. um, between the two Scottish teams performing at a high level and the Scotland team performing at a high level. I don't see that. I think we're a little bit the opposite of the Welsh um, situation. I think we tend to, um, we just get on with business and it just continues to chunter on at this moment in time. Mm. Um, and, and then the Scotland team to, seem to get together and they'll, they'll the problem we have, and, and again, it goes back all the time. If we beat England, we've had a good season. And we're now at this stage. And, and the funny thing is, John John and I were talking about this on the pod the other day. Um, if, if Glasgow and Edinburgh have an absolutely shocking time, as long as we beat Glasgow, as long as Edinburgh beats Glasgow in the 1872 yep. Cup, and as long as Glasgow beats Edinburgh in the 1872 Cup, the fans are happy. Mm. And we shouldn't be happy. And And... I think this is the first time, you know, we went out to Argentina thinking we're going to sweep them aside. And so I think this is the first time we've had disappointment with the, the Six Nations because we thought we were going to at least come second or third in the Six Nations. Yeah. And then we went out to Argentina and 
Tooney was doing things that none of us could really comprehend. Um, uh, at certain wee things that, that people, we couldn't comprehend, and then all of a sudden we get beaten uh, in the series. So I think the fans are a little bit just getting a little bit fed up. Now, that would correlate very, very cleanly to Glasgow and how they tend to capitulate in the second or have been have capitulated in the second half. And, they, and, and Scotland did exactly the same thing with Argentina, but it doesn't correlate with, with Edinburgh. So, but then do we, you know, because I think if I'm right, John, um, the Scotland squad that went out to Argentina was maybe by two players more of a Glasgow squad than an Edinburgh squad. If I remember, yeah, right. I, I talked about that at the time. I was really surprised that. So for me, playing for your playing for your country is a reward for for form. It's a reward, it's an honour and a pride, and um, so lots of those players who were picked for that squad had been part of what was an absolute embarrassment in Glasgow and shouldn't have been anywhere near that plane. They should have been getting sat down and told, you know what, it's not good enough. You don't get you don't get to put on the dark blue if you're if you're going to play like that for your club. So um again that probably would tie in in some ways with the international team. Um I think it's interesting you mentioned actually 2015 the Glasgow Pro Pro 12 win as it was at the time. Obviously, 2015, straight after Glasgow won that tournament, went to Rugby World Cup. We were one penalty penalty mistake True, away yeah, from yeah. a semi-final. Yeah. Yeah. We had a relatively positive Six Nations as well. We lost to Ireland by 10. We beat France. We beat Italy. We lost to Wales by four. And we lost to England by three. So in terms of performances, where Scotland had been prior to that as well, you know, the, I think was it twenty fourteen we had a we we got the wooden spoon. I think I think we probably were probably underplaying the the amount of. I think it was more important when Glasgow were at the absolute top of the top of the league and Edinburgh weren't really competing that well. No, you know, the couple nowhere, runs no, no, in, no, runs no, in yeah. Europe, but weren't really competing. So it made the fact the team was made up 12, 13 Glasgow Warriors made a massive difference that these guys were playing and winning games I think it's less important now because I don't think either oh. pro club are going to be winning the title anytime soon and I don't think the squad will be made up as much of either pro club because we've got these guys playing you know we've got Cap- Captain Fantastic out you know down in Exeter we've got Finn down in Racing we've got players dotted into the premiership and pro sure. club, uh, the top 14 so I don't think it's as important now uh, but certainly the leadership and culture that comes from the pro clubs will permeate into the national team and will still be part of that. So that's really important and getting that leadership right is so important. Okay, I got to call an end to this, even though I have no desire to do so. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, here's the top eight from the last year. It was, of course, Leinster on top, followed by Stormers, Ulster, Bulls, the bottom half of that bracket was Sharks, Munster, and then your two teams with Craig edging out the higher slot. John, give me a team who was on that list that doesn't appear on that list next year. It's a very good question. I think uh, possibly Glasgow. I think, you know, for me, uh, the rest of those teams, I think Edinburgh will continue to build. I think the rest of the teams are too good. Uh, mm. to drop off that list. I think the only one you could maybe say might might drop off might be Glasgow. Um, you know, if, if Scarlets have a good run, I reckon they could could usurp them. 
Um, but yeah, I mean that top the top eight nine teams in the, t- the league for me are much stronger than the rest, and it's it's marginal. I don't I don't see much change. Craig, same question. What do you think? Um. I think you'll see the. Draw. There's going to be somebody new in that mix, right? So who who's new in that mix and who's out? It's got to be somebody. It's going to be a Welsh team. I feel like. I, I think I think um, well we have. Honestly, I think you're going to lose Munster. Wow! Well, right. um, okay. Wow! That's I, good I I because Peter Omani will be finally incarcerated for some of his wrongdoings. Yeah. Oh, he's um, well. He's been he's been given a knighthood after the summer, hasn't he? All, all, yeah, absolutely. All sins yeah, have been yeah. forgiven. Absolutely. Um, I can't swear on I can't swear on this podcast. It's no, absolutely. Go ahead, go ahead. I know. I've been. I bite my tongue when that. I just. I just. Mentioned. I just want want all of your all of your listeners to know um, uh, that 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 Peter Romani is usually followed by a curse word every single time we talk about him. Um, but or, or, pre, um, or prefaced with one as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Two things um, can be true. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, but you know, yeah. Okay, I, I, I've got so many adjectives to use. I know. I know. Um, so I think. <laughs> The, the, the reason I'm, I mention that is the fact that I think um, I'm not entirely sure that Graham Rowntree is the guy for them. Oh. Um, and okay. so um, huh. it'll be, uh, they're either going to really, you know, he's very forward based, for, forward biased. And I don't, and Munster's game has always been, they're going to they're going to drive through you rather than uh, go over the top of you rather than anything else. And I think that the, you know, I think that the URC is becoming faster and faster. Um, and so I, I think there's a, I don't, I'm not saying that Munster aren't, yeah, I'm saying I've I've just said it, but I think there'll be a, I think there's a good chance they'll be a lot lower than, than, um, than they have been. I like that. That's a really good, uh, good little take. I I can't wait to see how that, that one pans out. I'll probably be proven absolutely horrendously wrong and they'll win it, but that's a different story altogether. Um, when the week by twelve points. <laughs> yes, yeah, and it'll be like like just you know that or they'll they'll be doing really badly and then get into the fight again the the playoffs and then all of us can go on a run. Ah, uh, um, we can win it. Absolutely, you know, because um, you know obviously Carberry and people like that are coming are, are coming to the fore now. He's going to have to perform now, yeah, um, because he's you know they're just everyone's saying there's nobody to replace Johnny Sexton and and I don't agree with that I think he's just Johnny god I'm going to say this I think Johnny Sexton has performed you know to a higher level than these two get to some to, than the Ross Burns and people like that and yep. and if they and, and if they bring them in once the 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 fleeting ghost inspector of Johnny Sexton has, <laughs> Flies off to another to his other world where he's been coming from for the last few while. Um, I think they'll actually be okay with 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 the tens that they've got in, in the I bank. Agree. Yeah, um, but um, I've I've told them that I'll do it, but I have no back. <laughs> Seriously, man, anyone anyone with a with a bit of grey in their beard, a wee bit of uh, a wee bit of salt and pepper there, where uh, we're, we're, we're in the. Uh, the Johnny Sexton's Wait, doing a huge amount for our rugby careers. Playing about <laughs> 10 in my time, I'm sure I could still still do all right. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, I, I think I think Munster are I think they're going to suffer. Um, but I, I think you might see a well like side that. come up. I, I think you there's as I said to you before, um, when John wasn't here, I think you know there are 
a couple of Welsh clubs there that could absolutely just prove dynamite mm. if they got if they get themselves together and give themselves a shake. So you never know. Okay, so after all that, it's quiz time. No, just kidding. No, no quiz today. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> so uh, that has been, you know, more than enough. I, I can't thank you two guys enough again for joining me here. Listeners, John and Craig can be found having far more serious chats on their own podcast, the Scottish Rugby Podcast, linked yet again in my own show notes. If you can be bothered, I highly recommend you avail yourselves of their Patreon podcast as well. Uh, it gets into the, some, of the, some of the sweary bits that we almost got into just there. So uh. <laughs> You'll hear my real thoughts about Peter Romani. No, that's, I mean, that's enough reason to come and sign up on its own there because yeah uh, yeah so you, in my you know, script scots, it, scots it, are it, renowned for our ability to swear and to be able to creatively swear uh and some of some of the beauties that we've come up with over the years is, is, is impressive so come and join us <laughs> well as you guys will recall of course we uh one of the first stories we shared was my interaction with the woman i call glass girl when i <laughs> discovered a, a glaswegian in the dominican republic and uh the first time she gave me a fuck you i was like <laughs> yes it's happened I, I finally you know i'm on the team so <laughs> it's one of those ones that's an affectionate an affectionate curse as well. Exactly. You know, yeah, like, I, I felt like she put the, the badge on my shoulder right then. So. Yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> so if you're worried about the lack of swearing on my own podcast, fear not. These guys will make up for it each and every week. John, Craig, so good to talk to you. You guys are my favorite guys. Thank you for joining me again. I think we have exhausted all the preview opportunities for the, the, uh, the URC. Nobody else needs to talk about it. I think we're pretty much done. Thank you. Sorted, yeah. I guess that means we don't need to on our, our uh, blog, Craig. I think we could just yeah, get yeah. That, you yeah. guys can take the next couple of weeks off. Yeah, I think sounds, we can just relax good. and uh, and and sit there and uh, and and and, and uh, if if your podcast your podcasters probably don't follow me on Twitter, so you won't know that we're going to be resplendent in our in our free jacks outfits fairly course, soon because yes. David has very kindly sent us over uh, yes. some, uh, some of his beloved free jacks uh, kit. So um, yeah, yes, I'm we'll, sneak uh, marketing. It was yeah. a very strange. It was a very strange thing because I, I sent some some free jacks gear along, and of course the you know the tracking tells me it's there, and but you of course have to go to the post office to pick it up. So you know it's not easy to do that, and the, the post office is always open, like as if only people who are unemployed can go there. <laughs> it's, exactly. like, exactly. it's like, well, I'm actually at work right now. So, well, so it's a, is... it was a weird Christmas thing, like reverse <laughs> Christmas where I'm like, damn it. Yeah, he absolutely. hasn't opened the package. <laughs> well, you wouldn't believe because there were Christmas socks in there as well. It was like, oh, exactly. yeah. um, <laughs> a, a quick story for you. Basically, I get a little slip in, in, in Scotland. Um, if you're not in or if there's something wrong, you get a nice wee slip through the door from your from your postie and most of the time on these slips it says you have to go to the collection office to go and collect your parcel um whether you're not in or whether you've whether there's a there's an issue you have to go and collect it so i i read it and when i read it i didn't read it very very correctly so i thought i'm gonna have to go i'm going to go to the collection office to go and collect this so I just started a new job, so things were, it was quite busy. So I never got a chance because the collection office is obviously, as you've just said, David, it's only open between the hours of, yeah, yeah. hours of gyro collection, and that's about it. So four, four, four a.m. and ten a.m. Every, every, every eleven to one, every, every second <laughs> July. Absolutely. So 
Um, so I then eventually gets to the type, actually, I'm going to make it. So it goes down and the place is closed. I'm like, why is it closed? Why is it closed? And then I looked at the, at the, at the little slip that the uh, dear postie had put through my door and it said, I need to phone, I need to go on online and pay some postage because customs have have impounded the, the parcel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because there is some goods in it that they want customs money on. So I'm like, oh, I never read that bit. Oops. So I then went online uh, last week, paid the amount of money for the, the, the bloody customs that, that we're never going to see, eh, John, because it's freedom. Uh, it's all just that West, Westminster government, God Exactly, damn it. that'll never come right. north. Honestly, Never come north, never. Free, uh, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, and, and so finally it arrived on Saturday. So that was, it's been in the country and it's been showing you um, David, it's been here for, for so long, and and and, and I, so let's just say. Well, people, uh, when I was getting ready to ship it, I went to the UPS store, got the little package, put it in. Of course, I had written a note and the first, and sealed it before I put the note in. I was like, ah, but then I said, I said, okay, uh, I'm sending this to Scotland, and she went and she was like, really? I said, yeah, <laughs> and she sort of weighed it and she goes, okay, well. Our uh, cheapest way to get it there will be two hundred and sixty-eight dollars, <laughs> and I literally just started laughing. I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Did I hand you that package? Sorry about that." So <laughs> I'll be taking this to the actual post office sometime soon. Yeah, no, that's crazy, isn't it? So, but, uh, what what I will say, however, is that it's an absolutely fantastic gift for all us, yeah. us uh, Scottish rugby blog guys. And we're absolutely over the moon. And thank you very, very much for your very kind gesture. And I'm oh, sure. Oh, heck yeah. It's great. It's well, to, I'm sure there's going to be a parcel heading its, its way over there, especially not with, it's probably with end of end of season Danny Wilson-esque, end of season Glasgow Warriors <laughs> stuff that's on that's on the cheap. Well, somebody, somebody hooked me up with some Boromir Bear stuff. Come on. Oh, I know we need to get the Boromir Bear stuff. Yeah. We yeah. do. Yeah, totally. Well, to be, to be fair as well, there is, a, there is a wee sale on the Glasgow Warrior stuff just now on at Greaves so uh <laughs> well no wonder after the the season ticket sales uh they've got to yeah, liquidate absolutely. some some stuff right absolutely that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> well to be fair we've got we've got new food vendors at Scotland, so um you know all is well in the world yeah i can't wait to see the new uh the new exeter brand though this year i'm very excited for that the the uh in the, over in the prem I'm well, looking forward to seeing the new the new chiefs. Have you not seen the announcement, David? What they set out their new um, how can what color can we say it as, John? Raspberry. That's, yeah, that, that would that would come. Raspberry Exeter Cup kit for when they go. Oh no! To the European Cup. And the socks look like they've washed white socks in amongst the raspberry kits. Exactly what I thought. It's like that's clearly you've not done your whites properly. It's like that's schoolboy stuff. Don't uh, get me wrong. The, their announcement they had um, they had women players there in the kit as well as as as, as the yep. as as um, good old uh, Stuart Hogg um, with his with his hair and teeth all a flash. Oh, I mean, it's a magnificent what what i didn't realize john and if you have to have a look at it and david if you're ever looking at this the 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 exeter kit most of the sponsors end with x 
Ah. And there's Centrex or Cent, and then there's there's there's, yeah, so, um, there's so West, West X, West X Business Park, which is and, owned by Tony Rowe. And then there's one on the arm, which is like Sandex or something like that. Is that right? That's all you look. Uh-huh. And then on the oh, back, yeah. it, it was sponsored by Sandy Park as well, or something like that, which is the the. the well, in the NPC, a lot of teams in the NPC sort of have multiple sponsors. So like one through 15, like they have like five sponsors. So three on, you know, like three on each guy or something. And, but one of the sponsors is just called Bill. It's like, Bill. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's Bill. Okay. Oh, wait. No, it's not Bill. Okay. I wish I had a few million that I could go along Edinburgh and just have like Craig right in the front of the shirt. Right <laughs> Would it be Craig and then like a little silhouette of you? Just oh, yeah. like with, with thumbs up sort yeah, of silhouette. Nice. Ah, that could be good. <laughs> okay, guys, we got to call it. That was the best ever. Thank you so much for joining me again for the, the preview. Uh, you know what? I don't think the league even needs to, to meet this year. I think we can pretty much decide and uh, who wins and we'll just have another pod and decide what happened this year. And I think that'll be good for the year. Thanks, fine. Yeah.